Welcome back to Beholder to Know on a D&D podcast. Today, I'm here with Megumi and Jordan from the Della Garden. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Hello um, there. If you don't know, the Della Garden is part of our pod squad. Pod squad. Pod um, squad. <laughs> and Megumi and I, we were talking about coming on here and discussing language or English not being your first language and playing D&D, but that's just a minor, like a one part of the bajillion things we could talk about because I've been a guest on Della Garden and it's a beautiful world. So I'd like to explore all of the things. So mm, we're blushing so hard right now. <laughs> I am caught up on all of the shows. And if you're not caught up, go watch it slash listen because it's a podcast slash binge listen because it, it's it's kind of like that. Yes. Short episodes. Binge listen. If you have a 30 minute lunch break, you got a time to listen. Mm hmm. Mm. But yeah, so um, let's start with uh, I'll I'll go just with the basics. Um, Megumi, let's start with you. What is your experience with tabletop games overall? Okay, um, I'm fairly new to TTRPG, and the main system I have used to play the game is D and D. We just started learning to play Savage World lately, um, but it's been about three years. I started playing D&D since I met Jordan. Uh, we've been playing together since then. A true romance when you can play tabletop yes, together. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and what about you, Jordan? I have literally the same amount of experience because when I first started, it was because she agreed to play with me. And she was the first person to ever agree to play with me. And so naturally I had to DM that. And when we first started, she hated it. Oh no! <laughs> she, she, our very first session, she played a cleric, and she hated what was going on. She believed there was potential, but she hated it. Well, I'm glad you realized there was potential. Otherwise, this would be we would have never met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I really wanted to like it because I, I liked role playing. I used to read Naruto comic books at out loud when nobody's at home. <laughs> I just liked doing, I don't know, voice acting things in Japanese though. And then I used to play this Japanese RPG game. It's called Dragon Quest. Mm -hmm. And basically you, you're a hero and you kill creatures. And when I heard about D&D from Jordan, so you do that game like manually and is it possible <laughs> <laughs> this is everything i dreamed of yeah yeah so i wanted to like it but the language part kind of got me a little discouraged yeah at first. It, it was difficult at first yeah. well what did you do um so for those who are in the similar boat who don't speak english as their primary language and want to play what, do, what are some tips and tricks that you two use to help get over that gap and fix that or help with that learning curve? Do you want to start, Megumi, or do you want me um, to go? I mean, really level, I think, and communication is the key. What helps with the person by helped me to understand the game was you incorporated the, well, because the all the terminology was confusing and I couldn't process all of it all at once. So they made a map of Colorado area. Yeah. <laughs> I I pretty pretty much like our very first game was I was I I bought the starter set and I was just like try this with me. right and we, she, she was just not having it. Megumi just did did not understand and I was reading from and it like I said, this was my first DMing experience. So I'm reading from the little descriptive text boxes and they're using such fanciful words like porkholis. And, and even for someone who speaks English as, a, as their primary language, some of, the, some of the language that they use in the starter set or any of the fifth edition modules or adventures is pretty fancy language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I there there's times where there's words that are something like, "What the hell does that even mean?" And I'm like googling the yeah, word. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what I what I did as I was just like, okay, I have to like 
make this make this language more mainstream. And and I think that's what forever got me off of adventurer modules. And also I just don't like reading things. Is that that that's what made me start homebrewing stuff. So I made a map of like the the Colorado area where we live and used like the names of the cities and towns and kind of just like made up an excuse for why everything is medieval. And that was the first campaign that we played in. And that's when she first, I, I don't want to speak for you, but is that when you first started liking D&D? Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah, so that was helpful. Um, also having visuals help. I know everyone do that too, but drawing of the area while the DM's narrating, that's very helpful. Like having a sketchbook around and just like making a, a, a sketch of a map real quickly or showing something yeah like what is coming from which direction right things like that well what's funny is i actually theater of the mind is used a lot and i understand why people like it but i'm also a very visual person so i need a map usually um i need a generic mm. map even if it's just literally like i use excel i use an excel file and i'm showing the players Here's a grid. This is where you're standing. Here's where the bad guys are. Here's where the walls are. Just to give a very basic overview, but that helps me comprehend better what my options are as a player. Mm -hmm. Especially since with D&D and a lot of the other tabletop games, it's very specific with orientation, which way you're facing, uh, how far away mm -hmm. people are. And I don't want to constantly, like, I think I did one game where I had to ask like four or five times over the course of like one fight. How far away are they again? No, no, no. They moved now. They're not that distance anymore. How far away are they again? And I kept having to ask him. So it was taking me forever to plan my turn because I didn't know. Mm. I did not understand whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, especially since COVID has started happening, I've never played with Theater of the Mind before COVID, before we started doing things like online or just between the two of us. And we had limited desk space, so I couldn't roll out the map and everything. We've gotten better with that. But I, I feel like if you're going to use Theater of the Mind, don't move stuff around that much. You know, the range attackers hit at range, the melee attackers hit at melee. But uh, whether or not that makes for good, interesting combat, that's another conversation. Yeah, a little similar point to that. But I think you used more straightforward expression rather than fancy or too much details because. The longer the sentence gets, it gets harder for me to process and takes longer. So I like that they try to use more simple description of what's going on. That helps. Yeah, I know from the one time that I did play in your show, it, I actually thoroughly, like, I loved playing with you guys. That was so much fun. And, I, and Aww, we loved playing with you, too. And Adari was fantastic. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I, I liked that it was very simplistic and it was like, in the sense of what does that mean like you were very open with can, can you explain that can you help me understand that and that way you could talk together and communicate so you were both on the same page and then you would just start back up like nothing happened and all that part yeah. was cut out in the final podcast but there wasn't that fear of i'm gonna look stupid which sometimes in games where you're playing with more hardcore players they might not be as open to like oh god you should know this already kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. It does take some patience, for sure. Uh, because sometimes I, I sometimes I, I'm weak and I'm impatient, and I, I do get a little frustrated, being like, "You should know this rule," but I, you know, I try like like any good relationship, you need to remember forgiveness and patience. Yeah, and I, I think that even extends out to the D and D table as well. Oh, for sure. There. There's been games where I've played with, uh, this is not with a language barrier, but I've played with players who, despite playing for years, are still asking the same questions. And it's, to a point, it's like, I'm always willing to help. Mm -hmm. There are times where it gets like a little frustrating. It's like, oh my God, how many times do I have to tell you how to do this? Um, and it comes off a little bit. But I try to remember like, this isn't their yeah. life for them. I play all the time. Mm -hmm, way too mm -hmm. much <laughs> I, I, yes i'm the one that's read through the entire book you know 
Yeah. <laughs> this is not the forefront of their thoughts all the time. And then you add a language barrier to that. Um, that's just going to make it even more challenging for the person learning. And, and you just have to remember. And the other thing is, <clears throat> this is more in, I've seen it happen with uh, newbie players. I've had more experienced players tell them what they should do. Yeah. And I prefer to encourage if it's helpful, like, hey, don't forget to rage. Hey, don't forget mm -hmm. you get a second attack. But not say, oh, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to kill us all. Like, I would rather them learn from experience. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. for sure. True. Uh, there's, been, there's been many times where I've felt, you know, in my earlier DM-hood, where I've tried to guide Megumi along, like, no, do this attack, then do this attack, then do this attack, because Megumi loves to play attackers with 14 attacks. It's her favorite <laughs> thing. That's why Shahali has four attacks. She played a barbarian before that, too, and it was like that, but with more damage. Oh, lovely. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely something for any DM to remember, that if you're, like, if when playing with anyone who doesn't just remember the rules as much as you do to to be patient and let them let them let the players experiment and do their thing and give them gentle reminders mm -hmm. and i don't know if you feel this way um but if you work with somebody with language barrier uh don't feel bad to check on the person you know if the person is following because mm. you might feel bad to bring that up. Uh, maybe not in front of the group, um, if you feel bad, or if the person is, looks sensitive, uh, maybe you <laughs> like I am. <laughs> like the rest of the group is having fun, and Megumi's just at the table looking down. <laughs> maybe I'm like, like we got to have an aside. Maybe out of the group, you can check mm -hmm. on the person. Um, it's okay to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually very kind, and I feel nice to to be checked like that. Yeah, to check in and on you. Yeah, of yeah. course, it might be different from person to person, but yeah, yeah as long as you're not yeah. calling people out in like, are you even paying attention? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, never do that. This is just general DM. Are you even paying attention? Is the like the most like it's role initiative. <laughs> I that's that's the equivalent of rolling this. Yeah, I I will admit to having done that as a player, but it was purely because everybody was on their phone oh, and having yeah. side the, the conversations. Oh, uh, that's so difficult, especially <laughs> if you're having like a moment, like a moment for your character, mm -hmm. and you're like, guys, pay attention. This is important. Yeah, or the to me, or the DM has called for or explained the situation like three times now, and you're still talking about <laughs> something else, and I'm just like, God. Hey, freaking can't you please <laughs> yeah that's a that's uh that's a difficult to, thing to deal with in, in general is having like full attention at the table yeah and i, I mean i've done it too um i'm not mm -hmm. perfect and a saint about it there's days where oh. uh especially with playing online for me i have a very difficult time sometimes with ooh, i get a, a notification oh let me go schedule this real quick oh yeah i need to go message this person about the podcast and I forget, mm, like I feel you so hard. <laughs> exactly, like I forget, like oh, I'm I'm in a game. Pay attention to the story, or you will be confused as fuck. And then uh... you're gonna be so lost. You're gonna be so lost. Yes, I've been there before. And then... One or two of the one shots. I've just come in, like yeah, we're doing something. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? Oh, he was asleep, Cassie. What do you mean he was asleep? When uh, did that happen? Like 10 minutes ago. Oh. I should have had advantage on that push. You should have been paying attention. I should have not gone to the bathroom. <laughs> or announced that I was. But yeah, it's just if you are zoning out, it could be just a bad day. Mm. It could be a like you don't you need help understanding. And if that's the case and you haven't been reached out to, don't hesitate to ask your DM. Yes, 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 so hard. A thousand percent. At least I don't I don't know how about I don't know about other DMs, but I feel like me and Nikki, we're like, please if if there is just a moment where where you can like come into the conversation and be like, I'm sorry, what's going on? Do it. Because we want the players to under like to to be there. 
you know, to understand what is going on. That's good to know. You know, sometimes it's hard to remember. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Because I feel really bad interrupting yes. people's conversations. And I'm sure many other people do as well. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like any good DM should try to find ways to make their players feel like it's it's a comfortable thing to do to interrupt in case they miss something or didn't understand something. Another good one is to have a if you're playing with multiple people, like I know that with for Della Garden it's just the, it's the two of you. But if you're playing in like a party of four or more or whatever, have a designated person that you can reach out to, especially if you're online. Like there have been times in our Friday games where I just DM my friend James who plays with us and I'm like, "What the fuck?" happening right now like i am so lost like what is our goal right now i am confused <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. like it's, it, For it's sure. been two weeks since we decided what our goal was and all my brain is on is that i get a new tattoo tomorrow in character so what's happening nice <laughs> <laughs> and then he explains it i'm like oh right that's a thing cool thanks i'm on the same page now that's that's a good idea that i honestly never think of because i don't get to be the player a lot mm. True. We're waiting for Megumi to DM. Uh, hi, hi. <laughs> Anime High School Savage Worlds is our next podcast. I have DM'd once, and I killed him right away. <laughs> yeah, she she DM'd one session and one session only for me. 5e, I was so excited. I bought a miniature. I painted it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Level 2 Paladin, dead. <laughs> dead by the end of the session. Yeah, so... That's when you name him Junior. <laughs> Bring them back. Right? I'll avenge <laughs> I'll avenge my mother. <laughs> it's like Junior's a boy thing. Nope. Nope. Doesn't matter. Not in my family. <laughs> my daughter is the third. <laughs> mm. Maybe we'll we'll bring that character back. Maybe. Well another Oh wait, no, I did bring that character back oh. for our other home game. Nice. As an NPC, and then she died too <laughs> in that. She did. She got petrified by a whatever that thing is. That, yeah, that, no, it's the that, third. That thing that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> yeah. <the laughs> and uh, what what you could do, and this is an idea for you, Megumi, is try a game that mm -hmm. doesn't have death involved and isn't heavy DM DMing. Examples could be Honey Heist is a really good one. Mm. Very simplistic rule system. You just need d sixes. The DM doesn't roll anything. And honestly, oh. like you could, I could help you if you wanted, but you could just spend an hour or so creating the general concept and everything else is based off what the players do and how they roll. That's good to know. But there's a yeah, lot of and it, like and that. it's it, it's like a heist, right? I've never w w watched a honey heist. It's about bears. Is it about bears? Yeah, right. I, I listen to. Do you have to be a bear? <laughs> okay. Uh, you can you can be a honey badger. Oh, okay. Or, well, or a bear. bear. What about a bee? No. No, no bees. Not for this particular game. They they do honey too. Okay. Makes sense. But the concept is you are a group of bears who do crime and you are trying to do a heist to go get the honey or get something particular. And it's like a one-page RPG style game that Critical Role did. You have to keep a balance of your criminal and your bear throughout the game. If you get oh. start there. if you get all the way to six on either side, you either go full criminal and turn against your party, or go full bear and run off into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I like those that's funny. That's delightful. <laughs> I like those funny, you know, systems out yeah. there. Maybe I should learn those. Yeah, loot grannies is also yep. one of those sort of systems where you don't really you don't. I mean, you can fail, but you can't die. Yep. And it's just kind of like a one-shot sort of thing. Yep, Lou Grannies is definitely another option. Um, that's another simplistic one. You just need a d20. It took me about an hour to plan the game ahead of time. And after that, it was just reacting to what the players were doing. I want to do this. Okay, roll a d20 and see if you succeed. And if they succeed, okay, you succeed. Here's what happens. If they fail, here's why you fail. And you just put things in the way of them and you don't have to, there's no risk of death in that one either. Well, there is because you're a granny, but <laughs> oh, technically, but I'm just kidding. Eh, maybe cut that joke. That was a bad joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the risk is that you um, can be uh, captured and brought back to the retirement home. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is, this is a fun idea that I've been really trying to push on Megumi since I've been learning Savage Worlds, which really is a really fun system and very flexible, is the, 
anime high school setting idea. Mm-hmm. I was not necessarily thinking anime, but sure. Well, I, I, Go I, on. I, I'm, it's inspired by anime tropes. Okay. You know, or like high school anime tropes. But anyway, the instead of taking like wounds like in battle, you take embarrassment wounds. Mm, emotional <laughs> trauma. Uh-huh. And then if you if you get incapacitated, you just go home for the day. That could work. There are games out there that don't necessarily do hit points and stuff like that. What is it? Zero the zero engine system like Tales from the Flood, I think is one of them. Mm. They do certain traits that you get so you get exhaustion you have one that's uh injured but it's like it's just a negative it's not necessarily a particular damage scared and i think there's another one that i can't remember it might be embarrassed or something like that but those are your traits that you have and that's your damage if you take all of them eventually you are tagged out but i don't think i don't know if you die specifically or if you just like go to you just disappear off stage yeah like you go to sleep or you need to sleep or something like that Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah please send us that name in chat because i cannot remember that i'll have to look it up it's like tales of the tales from the flood i think aspirin tales from the aspirin tales from aspirin tales from aspirin shout out (laughs) random random shout out we're doing that a lot today i'm gonna try to hit everybody I think it's, oh, it's, no. Tales from the Flood? Things from the Flood, maybe. Things from the Flood. Yes. That sounds creepy. I like that. It's a particular game system. Oh, it's Tales from the Loop RPG or Things from the Flood. Those are two different ones from the same system. It's right right there. You don't need to write it down. Okay, cool. Tales from the Loop. All right. Look into it. Yeah. Yeah, the um Tales from 2000 GM table, they use they're making their own system, but they use this rule set and it's all d6s. So you roll like hypothetically you can roll 1 to like 7 or 1 to 10 d6s and you succeed with 6s. Like if you roll a 6 on the d6 then you succeed. Oh. So it uses that. Type. I like that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I like the concept of it because I've never seen anybody die, but that doesn't mean you can't die. You might be able to die, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I've never seen anybody die. Sounds good. And this is from the Tales of Two Thousand. Uh, Tales from Two Thousand is the name of the podcast that I know that runs it. Oh, and it's one okay, of the other okay, podcasts okay. that I'm completely caught up on. That runs Tales from the Loop. A similar version to it, yes. Okay, okay, okay. They, I think they're making their own version called tales right from 2000 but okay but uh that's on gm table when they stream live on twitch but it's just tales from 2000 on podcast but anywho's it there's like dozens and dozens of games out there that a new gm would be perfect for another one you guys might like is mall kids because neither mm. of you have to gm it is a gmless oh. game i was interested in that one yeah you already knew about uh, it we played it on the street or on the show it sounds fun. oh okay 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 yeah i didn't get to catch like but the last 20 percent of of your streaming on new year's eve well i'm glad you caught a little bit but we we played it in we played it a couple of weeks ago on the as an actual episode mm-hmm. but it's a gmless game and each round or not round each scene is created by a different person and you as a player oh. decide what you want to get from it so in the game specifically that we played, it was based in 1998 and we were working at KB Toys in the mall and, <laughs> and Furbies were coming to life. Oh my goodness. Which is slightly terrifying. And in one scene, I remember specifically saying, I'm like, it'd be really weird and it'd be really hilarious if I looked over and I see more than one Furby and the one person is like, do you want to? And I'm like, kind of. And they're like, roll for it. <laughs> And suddenly, like, dozens of Furbies appear. And I'm like, oh, no. What have I done? And they're all just, like, blinking real slowly, saying, feed me. Did you have one of those? Oh, God. I, I had one of those. They were terrifying. I wanted, but I didn't. I, like, mine literally was up in the middle of the night, just spouting random demonic stuff, probably. It was huge, even in Japan. Wow. Did you have one? No, I didn't. Oh, sorry. I wanted. But... I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, you saved yourself some nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of them that would like change and like 
mess up their sleep cycle so that at night they would be like, feed me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Come play huh. with me. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. The the ones that we did, uh, there was one that was just like, you will die. <laughs> just like, oh, God. Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> this was in the game, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> there was rumors that <laughs> that'd they be a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow, that that's messy. Yes. <laughs> like now, I'm just like, why did I ever have a Furby? They're terrifying. Like, <laughs> well, well, we all wanted them when we were kids, but we didn't know this was all gonna happen. Oh, they looked so cool. It talks and it's furry. Yeah, it was like bigger Tamagotchi. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh God. And you can touch yeah. its tongue to feed it. I forgot about Tamagotchis for a second. Like, that was such a weird mechanic of the Furby. You touch, you opened its beak and touched its tongue to feed it. Like it's oh, eating yeah. your yum, finger yum, bacteria yum. or something. I didn't yeah. know. Mmm. <laughs> yum. <laughs> yeah, it would say that just, it would say yum just like that. Huh. All right. Can we move past the nightmare? <laughs> yes. Speaking of uh, Tamagotchis, though, you can buy them still. And you can buy old school ones. Yeah, you can buy them at Target. <laughs> yep. Oh, really? Yeah, r- right next to the magic cards. I know there are generations of them. <laughs> yeah. They have, like, original generation ones. They're, like, obviously remakes, but you can get, like, the ones, the original ones with the original creatures and everything. I'm just, like, I have to keep myself alive. I don't want to keep a fake thing alive, too. I used to like those, but I was not patient enough, so I just skipped the time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Until the day it what, evolved, evolved. Evolved? Evolved. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's how I played. Yeah, I just played Animal Crossing, which is kind of the same concept, but a little better. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Inst- I'm tempted to get it on Switch now that we got one. I but I feel like I missed out. No, I mean if you still want to play it, there's still plenty of people who are playing it. I got kind of bored, but that's me with every video game ever. <laughs> I tend yeah, to go yeah, back yeah. to the same like three or four games. I tend to always just go back to TTRPGs. Oh <laughs> yeah. But no, like with Animal Crossing, it's always the same. It's always the same for me. I get really into it for 60 hours. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that 60th hour hits, I'm just like, man, I do not feel like pulling another fucking weed. <laughs> and then I'll feel that way for six months and I'll be like, oh, how is my village doing? And there's nothing but weed. And everybody moved out and cockroach is <laughs> taken. Over. And you're just like, I feel bad. Now I don't want to play at all. <laughs> Let me just start my island over. <laughs> this is exactly, this is exactly. And then I continue that cycle for the rest of my life, but with newer editions of the game. Speaking of TTRPGs, there... Right, that's what we were talking about. It was. There is a rumor that, because you probably said it earlier and I just don't remember, that you're switching to a different system from 5th edition. Ah. Ah, yes, that is that is a very uh, true rumor. We made the character sheet for it last night. Yeah. We tried. To, we're trying to keep Shahali as close to her fifth edition counterpart as possible but for we're, we'll also be changing things for mechanical reasons of course but we'll the the goal is to do it with narrative purpose true yeah that makes sense uh, megumi are you excited about the change or are you nervous or a little bit of a and b well <laughs> to be honest i feel a little nervous just because it's the system i have to get used to again we actually practice run yesterday mm-hmm. and we are going to practice run again yeah that's why that's why i announced today that we need another week actually yeah that's fair but but i'm i'm looking forward to it i really like the edges and hindrances and they are very interesting what is it Concepts. mechanics 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 yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah once i get used to it i should be good yeah yes we played i played savage worlds like three or four times now and i honestly really enjoy the con- the system i love i love when you ace mm-hmm. oh who doesn't feels nice for those who don't know what that means it means you- if you're rolling a d8 and you hit an eight you ace and you roll again and you add the numbers together so you can literally roll eight 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 eight, eight and just keep adding it and have like a bajillion <laughs> and just be like i think i win 
the game. <laughs> and uh, yes, and for like every like four pass, like every four past the number that you're supposed to get, you get an extra special thing on top of that, except for certain circumstances. And I just love that really dynamic. It's it's a really dynamic game mm -hmm. where I feel like if you're a GM who's worth their salt, there's like no, it should be easy to make it so that no combat feels zany or repetitive. Yeah, I know that in the game for 10 Tabletop Tales, mm -hmm. when, when you were DMing it, this that was your first time DMing it was Savage Worlds. And you did a really good job. And oh, thank you. I think everybody had a lot of fun. And I got to do some things that I never did in a character because I played a magic character for the first. Well, well, yeah, magic for the first time. I did a, a weird science character prior. It, it was really interesting how the concepts work. And it seemed pretty simplistic enough that it's not as overwhelming as fifth edition can be. But uh, yeah. it's a little overwhelming. Just a it, it is, is it as a DM. Uh, no, as a as a oh, player. player. I haven't DM'd it yet. It it certainly can be a bit overwhelming to learn. I think there there definitely is a barrier to the game in terms of like there are a lot of rules. You know, there's a lot of circumstances that you that to to think about. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think once you start learning those, the the game is very simplistic and a lot less wordy than our other the than fifth edition which is the other game that we're really used to playing because with with fifth edition like if i needed to know a spell well th that was very hard to remember each spell does like a different amount of damage so like firebolt does a different amount of damage than ice knife and and poison spray does a different amount of damage than both of them and they both have these small little quirks that are different about each of them and with savage worlds you have a spell called Bolt, which is pretty much, which pretty much like takes the, which pretty much assumes that it's like any sort of bolt. It could be like fire bolt or ice bolt or whatever. Yeah, and you can choose what kind of, like literally it says you choose exactly what type of bolt, so you can make it anything. Yes, and you also have the ability to spend more power points, which are kind of like the magic resource or mana points of this game to give it additional effects if you want to as well. So there's a lot of versatility and a lot less wordiness once you do know the rules. Is Shahali uh, yeah. Megumi going to be still like Rogi? She she is more balanced this time. I don't I can't exactly remember how she was, but I feel like she, well she's hard to hit. In this one too. Okay. What was she hard to hit last time? She's evasive. She okay. had she had all right AC, I think, in yeah. fifth edition. So nimble. But she is nimble. I would uh, this. I would describe her in this edition. She will be nimble. She will. She is rather hard to hit, but does not have a lot of lot of toughness. Yeah, um, not yet. But she she does damage. Okay. Yeah. And she attacks a lot, like Megumi likes to do. <laughs> that's that's how we build them. Yeah. And I like that some of the flaws that you can take in their hindrances, I mean, those yeah. could oh go Oh my with... god, absolutely. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is just like, if you're, like, if you need inspiration for role-playing, look down on your character sheet and look at your hindrances and you're just like, oh yeah, I'll play up to like, play like that this scene. Now, obviously it doesn't work with every hindrance and sometimes it can get tiring, but like it can really help out. If you're having, if you want to like role play a good scene, play into that weakness that's right there on your character sheet. Yes. True. Give us a sneak peek of one hindrance, Megumi, if you remember one. What did we have? Ruthless. Wait, did you take Ruthless? No, just... but I actually remember. Um, I think shamed. Oh yes, that one makes sense if you haven't yeah. watched uh, season one. That yep. would definitely make sense. That's good though. So one of the things that at first Shahali was, it took a little bit for her to to for me to like her because she was like I loved your role playing, like you did fantastic. But the Shahali, the character at first, was a little bit. We were not trying to make her likable at all in the beginning. <laughs> I did not. I did not understand that either. I'm like, Megumi, could you make your character a little more likable? And she's like, I'm going to play her how I want. Right. But <laughs> Essentially. as soon as I saw that little bit of character growth, I fell in love. 
because oh, then yeah. I'm like, okay, there's there's hope. <laughs> there's a little bit of <laughs> there's a little bit of hope in there. Yeah. For me, that's what makes a character is is growth. And whether that's very, very little bits or just like they care about something other than just selfishness. Like I don't like selfish, super selfish characters. And to be like Shahali wasn't being selfish to a point. She was she was caring about her mother specifically. That was her mom, right? Yes. So she wasn't technically being selfish, but it kind of came off that way. So once there started to be growth and like, oh crap, am I doing something wrong? Like, did I did I mess up? Then I'm like, yes. I, I stand Shahali. This is my new favorite. <laughs> mm. And you know, in that 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 particular part of the fourth episode. Spoilers. Just I'm just gonna say spoilers for the first season of the Della Garden here. Like at the very end of the fourth episode, something happens. And when when we were playing that playing that session, I was shocked that she did it when she makes the deal with Iona. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, that I was shocked that Megumi even roleplayed that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, great, great, great stuff, because that's just sometimes your players can give you like when when they role play some someone so well someone so flawed it just gives you something to roll off for an entire for an entire uh, adventure exactly and now like shahali has to live with that choice and had to do something about it or live with the consequences and the guilt of it which mm. either way which i won't spoil which one you chose but either way will make a good story so kudos <laughs> to for Megumi for like making those choices that probably not everybody else would have picked they would have been like oh no I, I would never I would never turn somebody else in but sometimes there's gonna be characters that are gonna be like I don't know him from from the next guy oh. yeah I've known him for a couple weeks and I want to find my mom <laughs> that's Shahali yeah but now we're dealing with the like the consequences of the consequences of that in the second season and yeah so yeah, I'll spoil two hindrances, but I won't spoil the third. You know, driven for sure, because Shahali has a mission. Shamed because Shahali did something bad, and I'll, I won't spoil the last one. That's fair. You'll just have to listen to our third season. So this Wednesday, everybody, please go check that out. I will put the link below to their ep- to their podcast. Yeah, and we'll we'll try we'll try to make it. I also want to make it. So this is just a personal plan. Thanks for letting me ramble and listening to me. I'm trying to make it so I want to make it so that like you can even jump into this third season and you won't know everything that's going on, but we'll kind of like tell you as we're going along. Starting from the beginning is optional. Yes. That's that's how we hope to make the whole show. Yeah, and yeah. if you want to follow Shahali's full journey, you listen to season one. And then season three continues. Season two has a different character completely. Yes. So you should listen to both. But just so you know. Mm. You can start from the middle. Start from the middle. Yeah. So what is, Megumi, what is your favorite thing about tabletop? I think, what is my favorite thing? I think role playing. Because, I don't know, I just like to think about why people why i feel that way and why i act certain ways so this is kind of like me putting my knowledge into a character what would you say that knowledge is of knowledge yeah um, i don't know like self-awareness so- something like that yeah self-awareness and emotions yeah in actions mm. something like that we particularly try to incorporate characters with flaws and some weaknesses and we want to portray how the character you know faces the consequences or challenges because of how they are or you know things like that that's i feel like that's our secret mission mm-hmm. of the Della garden so that's what i enjoy what about you jordan i love giving those flaws consequences <laughs> That is my favorite thing. If if you have watched either season of of our show, you'll know that actions have consequences. Yeah. But I but other than that, I do I do love for me, it's like 
sometimes it's just um, like emotion. And I, I felt this more playing one-on-one -on -one than I ever have in a group. And maybe it's because my, my uh, game partner and I are very, very close. But sometimes when we're playing and we're, we're role-playing and we're getting really into it, one of us or both of us might end up crying because of how like emotional and how in the shoes of our character we try to get. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the highest high really for TTRPGs for me is when like when we get into a moment where like we can feel it in our soul and it's it's like art and beauty at the same time or something like that that's the only way I can describe it is like when you when you get an emotion when you're moved by something that you and someone else has made it's amazing yeah those are fantastic moments when you kind of sit in awe and you're just like did we just do that? And it's it, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But just like, mm -hmm. did we really just do that? Like my favorite games, my favorite by far, and I, I may never podcast these games because sometimes they have darker stories. Yeah, and that's not always safe for podcasts. But they're the mm -hmm. games where I N NSFP. <laughs> yes, <laughs> NSFP. Um, they're games where I leave the table questioning myself. And questioning my character's oh my decisions, whether good or bad. And I become like emotionally connected to those characters and want the very best for them, whether it's like a serious game or a fun loving game and a goofy game. I become deeply involved in my characters and their well beings. And a perfect example for, for my Friday game right now this is it's a very silly game, super silly, but we have fun. Very, we laugh a lot, but mm -hmm. when the thought of ending the game came up, and like, oh, the, the module is ending, we're debating on just moving on to a new story. And I'm like, I I'm sorry, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I haven't finished up here. This, this isn't done. My character has shit mm -hmm. to do. And they're like, yeah, but we could just, we can pass over that. We can just move on. I'm like, no, like, my character would not leave the city. There's no reason for her to leave the city because she has these things that she has to accomplish. There's legitimately like no reason. Like it would it would not make sense. You know, and and that kind of reminds me of another thing is sometimes sometimes your character doesn't want to go with the rest of the group. Mm. You know, and in those situations, like I literally, like I told them, I'm like, if you leave the city, like I'm just telling you straight on, being honest, if you guys leave the city as a party, my character would not join you. And she is stubborn enough that she would mm -hmm. stay on her own and try to do this by herself, which will ultimately yeah. get her killed. But that's good role play right there. Yeah, you get invested in that character. You want to be so you want to be loyal and true to that character. Exactly. Thankfully, like we came to an agreement that we would conclude the this we would wrap up the loose ends because each of us had something that we wanted to accomplish. My character her ultimate goal right now is to destroy a crime family that has her family at risk so her family can come back to town. They're in like secret hiding right now to, to say it's to survive. Ooh, that sounds fun. Sounds cool. And it's all her fault. So she's like, I'm not, I'm not leaving till they're safe. I'm not leaving till I know that they can come home and just exist. Another player, his whole thing is finding his friend. Another person is finding her mother. So it's like we have goals we want to accomplish. And until those are accomplished, which I don't think any of them require leaving the city, we are not going to leave. Mm. And I'm hesitant because I, I told the DM that I don't know if I'll continue with the like once this story is over, I don't know if I'm going to continue with playing when we move to a new story. But I think it's mostly because of my schedule. But I love the game. Yeah, I'm just so freaking busy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we know you are. <laughs> I need to join a home game like that. That sounds good game. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Mm. I mean, I might be able to get some seats, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you might be able to what? I'm sorry. I, I might be you. able to get you to some seats, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, don't don't worry about us. I'm all like, uh, I work like 1 to 9 p.m. my time oh yeah that, like five nights out of the week and it just it kills mm -hmm, it kills yeah. my D, D schedule yeah that that's oh, definitely it makes me so sad that's definitely a 
a predicament since usually I don't get off or I don't or I play at seven normally. My mm -hmm. time, which yeah, is already at five for you. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, but I'm I'm hoping that like you know things move around in my job and like a, a hopefully soon I'll have a position where I can work a normal time and I can play games every couple of nights. I would like to request <laughs> a schedule change. You're seriously killing the vibe of me playing games. <laughs> yes, well I've done that too. <laughs> I've like I I've reserved like every Wednesday night off and then. Like in this most recent schedule, they've been like, actually, no. It's let's, nice let's, they allow you to do that. Yeah, it's nice that they allow me to do yeah. that. But they like me closing. I hate it. <laughs> but I also like getting up whenever I want in the morning too. That's fair. But is it worth my JR? Is it worth my RPGs? No. <laughs> Which one must you sacrifice? <laughs> I, I don't know. Sleeping in or playing games? <laughs> Both are really appealing. Playing games is more appealing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're, you're right. That's why. That's why I'm hoping I'm getting this position soon. Yeah. Everybody cross your fingers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I would love to just be in, just be in more games uh, again. I haven't played. Uh, we, we haven't played in our like group game since you know a month or so before the plague. Mm -hmm. And the, the misfits. Yeah, we we played with Misfits once. Wait, yeah, we played with them once Reunion. in summer, yeah. like before it started getting worse again. Yeah, we were like, oh, you know, maybe it's not going to be so bad. Oh, I got that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. The the games that we played in person, thankfully, switched to online. Mm -hmm. We did play two games previously. And now we're down to the one, which works for me because I added like a shit ton of other games, but. I do miss playing in person. I really do. It's such a feeling. Mm. It's to, to get snacks. <laughs> all the snacks. <laughs> I miss the snacking. The snacks. I haven't snacked. I haven't snacked that good. Snacking snacks. all year. <laughs> well, I mean, what you could do hypothetically is have everybody get on a computer and play, and everybody have your own snacks. Then you don't have to share. Yeah, but yeah. I, like when I DM. <laughs> When I DM, everybody makes the snacks uh, and I DM. That's the trade. You do me have to make snacks. <laughs> and you don't. Now, 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 I have to, now I have to DM like in a space where I'm like, mm, I'm not super comfortable DMing online. I, I could do it more. I could try it more. But like when, when, the, when the plague started, I was just like, I don't want to learn how to DM online. Is it? And there, there is Roll20 and stuff like that. But I don't want to learn how to use there's that. A little, there's a little weird timing thing that happens when you play online. I I don't prefer. Yeah, it also speaking of playing online and being not having English as your first language, does does that pre present any difficulty for you? I don't know. I just feel it's harder to interrupt for me when I'm not following online. Hmm. I can I don't know. When I'm in person, I can gesture it. Yeah, you can just raise your hand, be like, "Hey," and and you can like interrupt when we're when we're online too. You can also play with video cameras, and then it makes it a little bit better. But it's still not perfect. But that's true. It, yeah, it's a little better. Uh, that's what we were doing on Tuesdays. Uh, like we, lit I literally got off of a game right before this, and we usually we have we were, haven't recently, but we used to like have our cams on so that we could see each other so we wouldn't accidentally talk over each other. Right. There are yeah. games that you... <laughs> the GM that we played with, well, I was GMing our group for, for a long time until the plague hit, and then I was just like, well, I don't really feel like learning how to do Roll20. And then I, at that time, I also did not know how to do Theater of Mind at all. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been learning that skill. I think the biggest thing about switching to online is you need to add... A little bit of that theater to mind if you aren't physically mm -hmm. seeing each other and this isn't even if you're just podcasting but just playing in general if you have webcams it makes it a little bit easier but it's still a little delayed i've noticed that if i add descriptors to my words it helps so like for example she looks at you like you're crazy and she just like gives you this dirty stare what the hell are you talking about like just adding that little bit of description to explain how you're you look right now or what you're doing or like she wraps her arms around you 
and just like shakes you or like something like that. It, it helps mm -hmm. a lot more when in character you can tell from you can get from context clues what their emotions are like or in person. I mean, not here. Yeah, what, what you're describing is like like describing body language is so important mm. to right. to role play. I feel like because we often only talk with our dialogue. I notice in a lot of games, a lot of players and GMs only talk with dialogue, but it can, it can be so important. It, it's like so different when Shahali says, uh, say Shahali line. Okay, no pressure. It's it's so different <laughs> when Shahali just says, okay. Uh, or if Shahali like looks down, like drags one of her feet back and says, okay. Yeah, you know, such a different context. It is important, especially since Shaheli with Shaheli, I don't talk a lot, mm -hmm. and there are more than words that she. What is it? Uses? Project. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's ex that's that's one hundred percent true, and like in podcasting specifically, like that's a thousand times necessary. And mm -hmm. I remember this kind of or this came up in role playing your character out when I was talking to from a far podcast, I believe it was. We were talking about how it's important also to do more than just saying I stab them. Like, yes, how do you stab them? What do you do? What are you using? How are you reacting? And sometimes I love to add flourishes that don't necessarily make sense. And I'm going to bring up my my favorite little monk girl again. Technically, yes, I'm using unarmed strike. I go and swing a bunch of punches at their face and technically that's what I'm doing. But I like to say, well, I run up and flip on them and then do a like a kick to their side as I try to wrap my thighs around their neck and twist like that type of thing. I'm not technically mm -hmm. mechanically doing that. Yeah, you're not just punching them. But how but narratively how boring would it be like I go up and go pow, 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 pow. OK, I'm done. Pow, 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 pow. Mm. Yeah. And ho however, I do want to add on something to that. Some some players are nervous or might not just be naturally as descriptive or being good at describing their own mm -hmm. actions. So they might just say, I'm going to do an unarmed strike. And maybe it falls to the GM to say, all right, so you like move to the side and you jab them real quick in their in their thorax because it's a bug or something mm -hmm. like that, you know? So like... The player and the GM can work together on it, but you know every table is different. Oh yeah, exactly. But it's it's fun. It's fun to have that. It's fun to have that description. Yeah, that flavor. That flavor. That narrative description of what's happening mechanically. If, mm -hmm. if the player doesn't want to do it or they don't feel comfortable doing it, then one thousand percent talk to your DM and your DM can do it for you. I, as the DM, will always encourage it to give them a shot. Mm -hmm and then try to add on to it so that they slowly yeah. get more comfortable with it a little bit. It's that yes and. Exactly. Or the no but. <laughs> no, 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 that's not how that works. You can't fly, but <laughs> you fall gracefully over the cliff. But it, it, is an, it is nice to see slowly people, even if, if it's slow, but just like people learning how to do that too as players. And if they, if it, they never get mm -hmm. there, that's fine. That's not their thing. That's not their cup of tea. They're here to stab bad guys and move on. I also liked role-playing even when it comes to like, or my favorite part of games personally is when you role-play with the NPCs and you learn more about those NPCs and build those friendships and relationships so that you actually are like excited to meet them. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I'm thinking about it myself. I'm like, I do not build interesting enough NPCs sometimes, I, I feel well, like. Well, I mean, look at it this way. So for Shahali, uh, what's the name of the... I won't... Codanad. 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 The yeah. boy. The, uh, the other person yeah. that yeah. travels with Shahali that we don't need to mention. Codanad. Okay. So a Codanad, like, he has a personality. He and, he and mm -hmm. Shahali have a relationship that you see change throughout the story. And that build something on that story i won't spoil what it is but it builds something like there's going to be little characters like now shahali has the relationship with idari mm -hmm. adari might never be oh so, so adari needs to make a season three appearance uh, i mean i'm not gonna say no to that <laughs> but i'm saying like if if shahali never meets adari again there was a moment there was there mm -hmm. was that growth and I can, 
if you ever saw Shahid, or if you ever saw Adari again, whether it's played by me or NPC'd by Jordan, I don't care either way. You'll have that connection and you'll be able to have Shahili go, oh shit, I need to save her if she's in trouble. Like, I need to do something. I remember talking to her that one time and like that builds something. Yeah, she really, she really helped out. It has to be played by you. <laughs> yeah, I could not, I could not play Adari. Talks too much. Too, too chatty. <laughs> that episode's still my favorite. Yes. Oh my gosh. You don't know how many times this girl has listened to that episode. <laughs> she just walks in with a phone, like, out loud, the Della Garden. I love it. Mugumi like, is, Mugumi like is the biggest Della Garden fan. That's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so that's another thing that's great about uh, Savage Worlds that I literally mentioned earlier, but I'm going to harp on it again because I love it so much, is that the hindrances are part of the mechanics. And it's literally on your character sheet. And like, I'm going to be developing Kodunod a lot more this season. He's not going to be missing for half of it unless Shahili decides to do something again. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's let's hope it doesn't go there exactly because I'm like, I got a different goal this season. Yeah, and I'd love to see Shahili and Kodunod's uh, relationship build, friendship build, and see how oh, yes. they interact with each other. Especially now that they have this very particular background. Mm-hmm. If you're mm. listening to this and you still mm. haven't gone and listened to that episode, please do. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Finish this episode, then go listen. Then just go binge watch, binge listen to the first season. And then you'll be like, oh my god, I, I thought I wouldn't like it at first, but I actually really like it. And the music is really good too. Music is very good. <laughs> And then and then and then listen to the second season. And you'll be like, "What happened?" Oh, okay. They're they're going back. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about the second season. I will still say that I absolutely love the second season music. Yeah. Especially the clarinet part because it brings me back to like, "Oh, I miss playing clarinet." <laughs> Every time I hear it, I'm like, "Oh, I miss playing clarinet." <laughs> That was a fun project for me. We did a bit more fun music in the second season, but I'm ready to get back into the I don't know. I love the the haunting sounds of the first season's music. That's just my area of expertise. That's fair. So is there anything else either of you would like to add for new time players, specifically for Megumi, for new time players that necessarily don't speak English as their primary language? I think I have already said that earlier, but it's a really, it's a really nice opportunity for them, people with language barrier to join this, but it, it can be, you know, it helps you connect to people and, you know, you get to act as core characters, even though, you know, you might not be confident with your language skills, but they could use little help from people around them. So, yeah, I don't know. What is my message? <laughs> <laughs> Just have fun, get to know them, and have fun. And what about you, Jordan? My advice, particularly for for non-English first language speakers, it would be, it, it might be a little difficult, and you might need to find the right DM, and don't give up, because it's so, it can be so eye-opening to have this avenue to express yourself and ways that you might never have felt otherwise yep very good advice yeah and and for the dms mind if i put in a little more if you're a dm who's gming for someone who and not even just necessarily having english as their not their native language but anybody who who just has a if you're dming for anybody who just is having a harder time grasping the concepts just remember to be patient be compassionate because Ultimately, the goal of almost any GM, I believe, should be to tell a good story and have fun with your friends and in, enjoy this experience with people together. And so be patient and be compassionate. And that's what I got. 100%. Okay, well, where can everybody find you both? Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a pro at this. <laughs> You can find us at the Della Garden or at D-E-L-A-G-A-R-D-I-N on Twitter. 
you'll find our uh, link tree in our bio, and you can also f- listen to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts, except for like Pandora, because they never got back to me at the Della Garden RPG podcast, spelled the same way as I spelled earlier. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining me. I appreciate it. I'm glad you were able to make it, Jordan. Uh, thanks for having yeah. us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being willing to jump in and I absolutely loved hanging out with you both. It was a pleasure. It was nice. Very nice. So everybody, please go check out the details in the description down below and go give them both some love on Twitter and on all the podcasting places if you haven't listened to them before. And you can find us on Twitter at Beholder to No One, as well as on Facebook at Beholder to No One, though we are way less active there. If you do listen to our show, please go give us some love on iTunes with some reviews. We have 15 five-star reviews, and I would love to have a couple more. Whoa. Whoa. Because at some point we hit we hit iTunes graph. I don't know. We, we were in the charts for like a day. And I would love to see that again because I'm very confused. I saw that day. I was there. That's exciting. So please, please go 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 back to that. Go go subscribe to mm-hmm. iTunes or something. I don't know how it works. Yeah, we, we subscribe. Yeah. We listen to the show. And if you also enjoy the show, you can find details on our link tree. But there is a Patreon and there is merch store, which Megumi has bought one of our shirts. You got it before me. I love it. Yep. It's very comfortable. I like it. So, so cute. I lost in the mail right now. Oh, sad. But yeah, that's everything. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Bye.